The Elseworlds Exchange podcast is recorded live on youtube.com slash comic pop returns. Catch a ton of different comic book podcasts on youtube.com slash comic pop and youtube.com slash comic pop returns, including shows like Back Issues, Off the Rack, and of course, The Elseworlds Exchange. If you like what you've heard, give us a good review. And if you want to help us out more directly, you can always go to patreon.com slash comic pop to check out all the rewards we've got going on over there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. A very happy day to all of you who are watching, and happy day to my co-host, Joel. Welcome back to the show, man. Oh, thank you. Always a pleasure. Oh, man. It is a pleasure, especially on a day like today when we find out that a tyrant has been toppled ding dong the witch is dead witch old witch the wicked witch i i I didn't even really know about perlmutter i want to know when you first heard the name ike perlmutter because when i first heard it it was in a context of don't ever say it (laughs) say it out loud (laughs) the evil one do not say his name right it's like voldemort or candlejack (laughs) just don't say his name or he'll come for you the reality was like i remember uh uh, as you as you gather your story i was told by dinesh of valiant he was like he's like don't say don't say perlmutter don't mention his name online don't blame him for anything because he's listening because he's listening as people and they're like he has people and and you will be blacklisted like marvel oh, wow. will definitely stonewall you if you like criticize ike perlmutter in public how stalin-esque <laughs> yeah and i was like i don't even know who that is and then i went back and i'm like i, I looked at i looked him up and i'm like oh my god I, I have a wizard magazine for this occasion and in my old wizard magazine there is a little article it's like this big in the front like of the magazine where all the boring news stuff comes mm-hmm. in and uh, in it, it was like Avi Arad and Ike Perlmutter take over Marvel Comics. Ike Perlmutter is made into a CEO. I was like, what is happening? Th- th- this that is, is the day. That, that is certainly where I heard it, too. I heard his name only in relationship to Avi Arad. Exactly, because they're both toy people. They're both from Toy Biz. Yeah. Uh, now, if you're not familiar uh, with the current state of affairs, Ike Perlmutter was fired by Disney. No mincing words, no discussion, no debate, no speculation. Just he was fired and he no longer is with Disney. And Marvel Entertainment has been folded into other arms of Disney. Yeah. Um, now, I want to mention that interesting fact as well, because Marvel Entertainment was only coined as an entity, as a name mm-hmm. after the bankruptcy. Yes. When the when the bankruptcy took place in the late 90s, Ike Perlmutter and Avi Arad were actually entrenched in a bitter custody battle <laughs> over Marvel itself with uh, Ron Perlman and company. And uh, not to be confused the, with Ron Perlman. I know the, I've read the, that name wrong many a times. <laughs> the incredible actor uh, and sometimes t- uh, Clayface. No, yeah, uh, no, I'm talking about Ron Perlman. Uh, but after the dust settled, uh, the former co-owners of Toy Biz emerged victorious and in their alignment of restructuring for Marvel Comics and Marvel Enterprises, they turned it into Marvel Entertainment. And this was uh, so, big news back in the day. Like you said, this was in the age of Wizard and magazines before the internet. When you wanted to learn this stuff, you had to do a lot of legwork to actually figure this out, you know, behind the scenes, intercompany politics of it all. Yeah, the names were not terribly well known. They certainly weren't celebritized. People didn't talk about them. And that was much to uh, Ike Perlmutter's benefit and joy because he was uh infamously reclusive Still and is. uh yeah of course but uh, as you can see from the thumbnail of this video uh, we got some photos uh but <laughs> it's it's actually interesting how rare you can like, you'll see this picture everywhere yeah because it's one of the few high res images of the guy mm-hmm. uh because he's been uh very secretive very covetous and very like uh protective of his privacy and identity um, which and, naturally leads me to believe what the hell are you hiding man <laughs> yeah and, and it could be because of his history and where he's from but like i i i, I think it's just because He's just a kooky lunatic. He's Howard Hughes. He's a Howard Hughesian billionaire. Right, right. But even Howard Hughes made made movies and shit. (laughs) (laughs) This guy. It's the Spruce Moose. Get in. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But at least the Spruce Moose was an idea. You know, I want to make a big plane. Cool. What does Ike Perlmutter want to make? Inhumans TV shows. Yeah. (laughs) So. Uh, Ike Perlmutter had, uh, as the thumbnail will suggest, Ike Perlmutter was with Marvel since then. Like since since 
1994. Yep. So just about 30 years he's been with Marvel. and uh, But he's only been CEO since like right before the acquisition of Disney. Yes. Uh, I want to say 2005. Uh, and there's a number of articles about uh, this this subject, but uh, he's you know, of course credited with the big four billion dollar sale and everything. Yes. And even after selling it, he got to stay on as a board member. Which again, it's all it's all very succession. Yes, you can do that. You can sell a company, and then they still got to cut you a check because you're still technically part of the board. Yep. And he was still CEO of Marvel Entertainment. Like they still kept him there because they figured, well, I mean, like you know, he knows what he's doing, even though there's no evidence to support that. But, <laughs> but uh, people did still have to clear stuff with him. And they still did have to come to him. And that led to a lot of friction with a lot of the different creators there over the years. Oh, absolutely. Not just creators, but employees at Marvel. And uh, so there are a lot of great like stories, which we'll get into. But I want to get into just like the history and the like kind of context of uh, of the sacking of Ike Perlmutter, because I think it speaks to a larger uh, problem that uh, really frustrated me. But we'll see what happens, because, uh, you know, this is this is a live show where right. people can watch the show uh, right now here on Comp Pop Returns. And if you want to support us, you can use Super Chats, ask a question or comment, read it here on the show, or you can go to patreon.com slash comp pop or just subscribe and click the notification bell for, so you know when we go live uh, next time. But uh, in this particular case, there are a number of articles about it, but like we're not all millionaires. So like we're not going to pay for the New York Times article. <laughs> so there's a great handy Polygon article that I'm going to drop in the chat right now and it's going to be pinned at the top. Or if you're watching the show after it's live, you can also catch it. Uh, in the comments down below. Yeah. But uh, according to this article, you know, it gives a good little comprehensive breakdown. More importantly, it gives you the context you need about the sacking of Perlmutter. Because we know that, like, even if you've only heard of him recently, there are stories about Ike Perlmutter. Oh, yeah. Stories about his his cheapness, about his, uh, his, his misogyny, about his racism, yep. about his issues with... Uh, you know, with 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 employees, his um, his political affiliations and where he was spending his money. For those who don't know, in 2016, everyone, he was basically running veterans affairs because he played squash with people at Mar-a-Lago. And yes, apparently it just was that easy to get a job from the twice impeached, now indicted former president. That's true. That's true. Uh, so according to this, we got three decades at Disney uh, and according to Disney. You know, they're downsizing, they're cost cutting. It was something but, like 7,000 jobs they're going to be cutting in the next year. Which is true. But usually when a, la a major corporation is downsizing and cost cutting and removing employees, they don't also ha uh, fire their CEO of a major corporation. They don't start <laughs> at the top. And this is also around the time, too, where it wasn't – didn't Marvel lose another VP, that lady who was the head yes. of their VFX department? Victoria Alonso, yes. Which was also a pretty high-profile one, too, because no one expected losing her. No, uh, Victoria Alonso had been with Marvel Studios since the beginning, since before the beginning. And uh, I, I think that was more of a sacrificial decision as opposed mm. to a like uh, an actual we're getting things done. We're making changes because like Victoria Alonso coordinated with uh, Stan Winston Studios to make an awesome looking Iron Man suit. Like it wasn't just the in the last four years that she had had, had some kind of influence over Marvel mm. Studios. Uh, I think they were just like, we need to we need to create a theater that makes it look like we're making it up. We're shaking things up and we're going to get back to basics. And it's all I don't very think succession, too, where it's like they came into the board and said, OK, who's getting fired? Who's falling on this? Sort of, uh, you. <laughs> right. And it could have been just one of those things where they're like, who wants to retire? Yeah. Like who wants to move to another studio and and, and also enjoy a golden parachute? Because <laughs> there's no way there's no way that Alonzo didn't get a huge payout. Oh, of that. course not. But uh, so, yeah, he's being he's being let go uh, or has been let go. Um, but the reason for it is so frustrating because he has been terrible at his job forever. forever. <laughs> he, he's not an artist. He seems to have only set up roadblocks for artists. And yet he got to keep drawing a paycheck and yeah, keep like, giving them headaches. <laughs> what are some of the, the infamous things that we know about Ike Perlmutter's influence over Marvel and Marvel studios? Uh, infamously, you know, he wanted to push the inhumans because Fox yep. of course had access to the mutants and X-Men. Total uh, pettiness. So absolute pettiness but not it, it didn't just stop at oh i want to you know lean on another similar group of characters it was the marginalization of the x line yep. and mutants one of and, the worst times for x-men comics came about is because of that 
exactly plus removing them from merchandising like er, actually mm. hurting yourself by removing them from logo uh, there's my favorite my favorite example is the like secret wars cover from secret wars number one being rechanged to replace every mutant with an inhuman <laughs> and i'm like why would you even bother like what are you doing and those are on t-shirts I, I i wonder if those are still available but uh, i'm mad that's why <laughs> yeah and it's like but so that's that's neither here nor there you you run a corporation that's not a person uh, again you figured that a man who made his money in like freaking revco razors and shit and calicos would at least understand the importance of merch and the importance of brand names and everything mm-hmm. and knowing that you're just shooting yourself in the foot for long-term profits absolutely uh fantastic four same deal fox uh marginalized the fantastic four put the fantastic four in a position that i don't think they still have i don't think they've recovered yet from it really where it's like the fantastic four had been around for a long time they did have stops and starts like the matt fraction run and uh you know the, the the twice mark wade run but like i think that since they established that is to say ike perlmutter and his decision making uh, made Fantastic Four irrelevant enough that the audience ended up either agreeing or forgetting about them. You, you took them away for too long and the universe got on just fine without them. And that's really, really sad. The best Fantastic Four story was either the Hickman Secret Wars, which was secretly always about them, or uh thing human torch two and one which you just had two of the four and that was the best one yes oh my god what a good book that was that was the that was one of the books that finally put me on zadarsky's radar uh, oh zadarsky on my radar i should say same where it's like man if this dude can make one of the best goddamn books out of just two of the fantastic four (laughs) yeah uh so we've got that uh there's also of course the like weird personal stories oh uh not to mention the fact that uh he apparently is oh he wanted to fire uh, Kevin Feige. Yes, in 2015. In 2015. For, for basically no other good reason than, hey, you're more liked and more popular than me. Fuck you. Why would anyone care? Like, you, you, you don't want to be on film. Why you're, would you be upset that people like him more? Because I'm old and rich and weird, and now I'm going to kill the goose that lays the golden eggs. Also, the guy very famously, too, tried to shoot down Captain Marvel and Black Panther, saying that audiences don't want uh, women and people of color in their leading roles. This yeah. this is when I think most people came to know. He's like, wait, who, who who's this weird old rich man with these old-ass, out-of-date ideas who apparently holds sway over my superhero universe? Oh, I know, especially the kind of superhero universe that is like famous for inclusion and diversity i mean like yeah. the creation of monica rambeau blade black panther etc it's just like weird that he that suddenly he's like well based on my empirical evidence of selling plastic figurines in the 80s and yeah. 90s i can tell you that a major motion franchise major motion picture franchise would never support it now i'm gonna give a million dollars to marco rubio super pack because right. i make good choices <laughs> now again he was proven empirically wrong too as both those movies ended up making a billion dollars and launching huge franchises unto themselves and i think really that's where his power truly started to wane because it's like why what why do we listen to this guy at all why do we give him a yeah. say in this and eventually feige would break away and eventually he would end up going to bob Iger and dave horn and everything mm-hmm. it's like okay you report to us now not him absolutely no by bob Iger, thanks to the behest of uh what's it called um feige situation uh allowed for um quick decision making to realign marvel studios which put ike promoter squarely on charge of marvel's tv division um which is but also just weird. the tv not the streaming stuff just the jeff loeb stuff exactly which is weird and i'm also, sure pissed him off more because we also kind of had a battle between you know what's what's the real marvel tv Oh, absolutely. Uh, it was entirely because of that that we got the Inhumans shot in IMAX, uh, despite the fact, you know, just so we could, like, argue that it is technically in movies and so forth. Um, but, like, you know, that's funny. I was thinking about how uh, Perlmutter's influence in that TV division led to uh, Scott Buck. Oh, and his, yes. Uh, it was really weird. And I think it's because uh as i understand it scott buck was notoriously inexpensive as a showrunner oh, and was able to like shows. make significant cost-cutting measures in his tv shows we'll uh, which is why hawaii <laughs> which is why yeah that's like an alien landscape um but like twice hired 
for the two blights on all of marvel studios productions iron fist Uh, and inhumans which again perlmutter must have liked him because why else would you get two kicks at this can when historically you don't get two kicks at the can in the mcu yeah uh but not just the uh the cheapness of like let's hire the worst showrunner in television history (laughs) but also uh day-to-day managerial decisions as well uh things like well for example in terms of marvel studios um why are we spending so much money catering these affairs and we could just crack open a bag of ruffles or lays lays but chips and make those available to our uh million dollar movie stars and our uh our, our award-winning directors we're trying to court uh yeah. yeah and then at the end of the night uh of the at the end of the uh event uh taking account of how many cups and forks and mm-hmm. plates and spoons were used so we can uh, reduce that for next time that's something you do when you are an anal retentive engineer hosting right. a dinner party not when you are running a uh, supposed competitive movie studio multi-billion dollar studio making the biggest movies of the day that make a billion dollars after again sal's not being hyperbolic here he actually did that and apparently he's done this as holker when he was running marvel comics word was he would actually go through the trash to look for discarded staples and discarded paper clips like well we should definitely be reusing these this man is a billionaire by the way digging through the garbage like mm-hmm. some sort of crazy dickensian street urchin absolutely uh looking back at old like glass door reviews of marvel comics i remember how uh they 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 described um that issue where and i think we've talked about this on numerous occasions but the idea of like well they're not allowed to have uh, individual garbage cans because it costs too much to have like uh mm-hmm. the cleaning people stay for that long to have to like empty every garbage can at every cubicle so rather just one big garbage can at the end of the hall on every floor every floor gets one garbage can and uh oh employees should probably just buy and bring in their own toilet paper yeah, and we're going to feed you from a big trough, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, those glass door reviews are still up and they're amazing. They're, they're It's fantastic to read, like talking about how Marvel's a, a boys club and how uh, there's cheapness abound. Like there's no breaks. There's no uh, comfort. It's all like old rickety chairs, uh, <laughs> like one bad wheel. Um, but all thanks to the efforts of one man uh, who <laughs> yeah, had guess, managed to ingratiate himself into that company for over 30 years. I mean, I guess you don't get to be a billionaire with many different trash cans. Apparently, that's just the billionaire mindset exactly. that I am lacking in. Yeah, smart like a fox, man. I get, you, know, you don't get to be a billionaire by uh, by wasting money on paper clips. <laughs> by writing a lot of checks. Yeah, that's, that is not... <laughs> those two the, the, that dog don't hunt so uh you've got those stories uh and and so for decades you have heard about the culture at marvel comics being dominated by this this secret uh you know shadowy m- m- yeah, mischievous force out there yeah the shadowy figure that like is that was that used to only be photographed in black and white and blurry <laughs> from like the tarmac an ancient cryptid, a modern day phantom of the opera. We do not say his name. Let's exactly. invoke his wrath. Right? So you got that. And yet nothing gets done. Nothing nothing changes. And and for the most part, I mean, like under his watch, you do still get Marvel Studios, you get Marvel mm-hmm. Comics, you get a lot of your favorite comics came under his watch, but that was, I think, more in spite of Perlmutter than as a result of Perlmutter. It's similar to like, Indeed. you know, Joe Casado was editor in chief of Marvel Comics. It doesn't mean that he's responsible for every good thing they did, but it doesn't mean he's also responsible for every bad thing they did, you know. Um, but it doesn't mean he doesn't deserve some freaking uh, criticism for his decisions. It's uh, true. It, we've, in fact, we've, done a, we've done episodes like this in the past on Didio, on Casada, and you know, even then we had to say it's like, well, yeah, but they were creatives though. You know, they mm-hmm. did things, they had ideas, and some of them we actually liked. But Perlmutter again, it's like, what do you even do besides being an anchor around everyone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, he only really like held things back, but not in a like not even in a justifiable way, not in a way where you're like, uh, slow your roll. Don't get too enthusiastic. Don't overspend. Don't put us in the hole. Now it could be because he's gun shy from the bank, from the bankruptcy. It could be because just a crazy person. Mm -hmm. We don't know. And I don't have any interest in speculating. My issue chief among them is that we have known that Perlmutter has been an issue Mm -hmm. and an issue with the comics and the studio Mm -hmm. for decades now. Yeah. The reason he's fired is because 
according to the Polygon article that we can check, uh, mm. we know that he had a friend that he tried to push onto the board. Ah, yes. The, again, the, the 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 most beautiful bit of crony capitalism possible. This guy should be hired. Why? Because he's my friend. Yes, his personal friend, Nelson Peltz, and tried to fast track him onto the board so that it would block out any other uh, opposition he might face, most notably Bob Iger, mm-hmm. who, of course, was no He's longer at the company. Now. And he was, of course, uh, Ike Perlmutter, that is, a big booster of Bob Chapek when mm, he came that? in. Probably because Chapek didn't have it, it could be any number of reasons. But my 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 thought process, my thinking is it's because he's like, well, Iger did not like me and Chapek doesn't know me. So let me make friends with this guy and get a couple of friends on the board Mm. so I can really like get into because it wasn't I mean, Perlmutter was never really a a, an executive at Disney. He worked for he worked for a subsidiary. He was Mm. never allowed into the big into the big boys club. And as we know, his best friend and crony uh, Supreme Aviarad, Mm -hmm. all they've ever wanted is to be in the movie business and work in Hollywood. Uh, Aviarad, it will never be better for Aviarad than that moment on the stage at the Oscars winning an Academy Award. Oh and yeah, being, oh, you could tell. Being that elbowed that was... by everyone around him to keep him from getting to the microphone. Get out but, of here, you money man! What did you do? Right? I suggested Venom. I'm the Venom guy. He but, sure uh, is. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, Ami. You're the reason Spider-Man Three was bad. Well, one of the reasons, but that's funny because if you watch TikTok, apparently Spider-Man Three might be the greatest movie ever made. So I've heard. Isn't it funny yeah. how uh, tastes change over time? Yes. If you live long enough, you will find out that everything that sucked was actually actually amazing. Secretly great. Actually, Turtles in Time was the best Ninja Turtles movie. Um, <laughs> if you if you give it a chance, just don't be so cynical about it. Uh, it it's Ninja Turtles. Hello. But anyway, uh, yeah, but this is the decision. Now that they, when Disney brought back Iger, and Iger caught wind that uh, Perlmutter was trying to fast track this Nelson Peltz onto the board, this is the straw that broke the camel's back and mm-hmm. got Perlmutter removed. And that sucks. And the reason why it sucks is because he didn't get fired for incompetence or for being <laughs> shitty <laughs> or for being just a garbage man. He got fired because he pissed off repeatedly the wrong executive. Yeah. So we can only hope that our dragons will be slain if they are either incompetent or complete asshole morons. Yeah. That's all we have. Like that's that, that's the, that way. we need to we need to outlive our enemies because that's the only way that we will ever win. That sucks on toast. And it's so <laughs> frustrating that like because this is not a victory. That's the frustrating part is that like Perlmutter being fired is great. Yay. Mm. Should have happened decades ago. Should have happened. Hollow victory. <laughs> it is a hollow victory because it's not it, it is without purpose and without and justice it, without justice there's no justice people have been talking about the paper clips for 15 years mm-hmm. no no action all they could do is go well you know he's a shady character that doesn't want to get photographed we never hear about him and don't mention his name that blows yeah pretty that much. blows Though I do find some poetic irony that a man who was all about, you know, downsizing and cost cutting got let go as part of a downsizing cost cutting initiative. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Iger had some fun with that being, ah, geez, no, it's not just, it's just not in the budget anymore. Ike, sorry. We just can't keep you around. (laughs) And I appreciate the kind of like corporate bullshit, like that they didn't lionize him in any way by being like, you know, Ike Perlmutter has been a thorn in our side for too many years. And now we're finally free of his reign of terror. Like no, instead it's just like, uh, we need to save some money on the, on on this sheet here. Uh, Bye. May history forget your name. (laughs) Right. Like that is, that is how important you are. I don't think about you and uh, you are a, you are an item on a like sheet of other items that needed to be removed. Mm -hmm. It's just like, that's funny, but also it makes me frustrated because I'm like, there's no lesson here. There's no, and there rarely is. It's all kind of corporate politics and maneuvering. So like, we're yeah. not really going to harp on it, but like, it's just a lesson. It's something that I've taken away from it where I'm like, that blows that it wasn't, he wasn't fired for any reason that would justify termination by anyone who would be 
in any way socially or economically under him. Yep. It's only when he pissed off an equal yeah, or someone slightly higher than him. Did anything happen? Though, I, I mean, I guess it is ironic that this was only because Iger came back. I mean, Iger didn't have to come back. No, and, and in fact, I have criticized uh, Disney for bringing back Iger only in as much as I'm like, there's no one better than the last guy who doesn't want to be here. Like, stay the course, stay the course. And I'm, I'm not I'm not like a Disney adult. I don't care about like what Disney is doing or how it works. I just want to keep <laughs> reading my comic. Back the park, Sal. Right. I, yeah, I, I don't care. I, you know, if they were cheaper, that'd be great. But like otherwise, I just because I've, I've been to one three times in my life at different in different decades but like and, I don't know. and i've never been and i don't know if i'll ever be because the prices keep changing oh and, i know and they keep making it more labyrinthian with the apps and the genie pass and like i try and keep up but i'm like i don't i don't do i need a sherpa to go to the disney park can i hire a guy who will do it for me and just lead me around that is the that is the the way to go but uh yeah i, I don't know it's just like I don't care about how like Disney will fare, but I also finding out when, when they were like, we, ladies and gentlemen, we got the last guy to come back. I'm like, that's not, that's not a victory. <laughs> and, and also just, we got the last guy to come back. Cause the guy we had before shit the bed so hard and so publicly, <laughs> you know, by running his fucking yap and getting into things that he shouldn't have been going to war with the fucking state of Florida. Right. Yeah. For like, some dumbass reason. What are you, what are you doing? Uh, but you know, so and having I, our but, own workers rebel against us yeah, because they yeah. hated him so much. You know who didn't do that? The last guy. True, but the last guy <laughs> effing retired. You know, you 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 need to. You can't keep doing that. You know, sometimes people die; they don't just retire. Sometimes they retire and they never come back. I don't know. It's just like for me, I'm like that. That, that seems like a a counterintuitive decision, but also it, it certainly it should be a uh, a temporary one. You know, like be here for in, in, in interim. And as I understand it, it, it is interim. But uh, you know, what does that mean? I mean you know it's a great job it pays a lot it's you know you give a lot of power associated with it and he got to write a wrong that has been wrong for 30 yeah. years and that's getting rid of like promoter so i guess there's a success there yeah um let me read a couple of super chats maybe that'll sure. get us uh through the next uh part but mickey veach mentions i genuinely thought they booted this guy years ago but better late than never it's generally <laughs> assumed that he's the reason comics try so hard to be like the movies maybe that'll change now i sincerely doubt it only in as much as uh promoter wasn't the one who like coined that expression in fact uh going back as far as batman 89 uh danny o'neill was like we need to get some graphic novels on the mm -hmm. on the on the shelves to tie in with the movie the uh, troika storyline his costume went all black because of that's that. true that's true yeah no uh i think danny o'neill even wrote the batman 89 comic book adaptation but like you know tying in with the movies is just that's what comic books do and Tale it's so frustrating yeah comic books uh, uh especially comic book executives editors cr some creators look at comic books as a stepping stone or as like an as like a redheaded stepchild to movies and uh so i don't see that changing in fact i see more synergy because you know perlmutter was egocentric and out for himself mm. i wonder if the new ceo who I guess might be Feige or something. I don't know who the CEO has been named or if it has, or if they even will bother. It's it's all a little nebulous now. It's like, oh, it'll all be under other Disney, you know, friggin' departments and everything. And definitely Feige seems to be the top dog in everything else because apparently comics are supposed to relate to him now too, but we don't yes. know how that works. Yeah, isn't he COO or something like that? Like, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, he, he runs the whole shebang now as far as we can tell. Yeah. Uh, but I don't see that changing anytime soon. Uh, trash cam. Uh, hopefully this axing doesn't spell anything bad for the publishing arm. Glad to see Joel back in CPR. Uh, yeah, man. I uh, I think that's going to be the next aspect of this show is going to be talking about um, its influence on the comics. And we'll definitely get into that in a minute. But uh, short version is like when D when when DC was on the chopping block during the like AT&T debacle. Mm. I don't see comics going away. 
Um, but I do see some shakeups because uh, I don't think they regard comics that much at all. And also, let's not forget this dude had most of his power diminished by 2015 during that power struggle with Feige anyway. So I don't think he was calling many shots to begin with. I think he was just collected a check and, you know, drinking the office coffee. I wonder, I wonder, I, I though I, I, cause if he was able to marginalize the X-Men and hype up the inhumans and f- screw over the fantastic four and uh, suppress books that like other, Otherwise would be successful or at the very least be interesting to try. Mm. Um, he must have had some direct influence over the comics. And without that negative force, I wonder and I fear that because there's no leadership whatsoever at Marvel and there are so few editors as it is, <laughs> Marvel's going to be even more of a ship without a mast. Uh, Baggins 117, does this mean Amazing Spider-Man comics will be good again? Uh, lol, I know it doesn't. Good, I'm glad you do, because there it has nothing to do with iPromoter. I'm sure he couldn't care less. As we have said in several other shows, there are many, many problems facing the Amazing Spider-Man book right now. Yeah, despite the fact that it is the number one selling book at the, at the company, and yeah. uh, you know people buy it and enjoy it. Ray Farr, comic pop, woo, get that old fogey out of here. Saying mm. Black Panther wouldn't be successful was his funniest quote. Him and Aviara give me the ick. That's fair, mm. and they definitely do uh, seem to secrete it. What, what, Max what's Baird, doing these days? Anyway, it feels like he's been radio silent for a hot minute. I think that after the Oscars, they were like, you work here as like a, you know, you work here for as long as the contract says, please stop talking. Please stop doing interviews. Please go away. <laughs> know your like, role. Stay in your lane. Exactly. Max Bear, do you think Marvel will keep more of their back catalog in print like DC does now? The penny pincher is gone. That's a fantastic mm. question. That is a fantastic mm. question, Max. And here's why. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here's the here's the real nitty gritty about that. Marvel doesn't like to have overstock sure um, they don't want to imagine that there's a warehouse full of books that aren't being sold right now it's why their trade paperback game is so shitty because <laughs> the trade because with dc watchmen uh, it's a bad example because they also keep it in print to keep alan moore from getting it but yeah. but but it keeps it keeps selling you know it makes money to keep being in print but uh uh books like watchmen or or, or dark knight returns let's say yeah are always in print. They always have a copy because they know it's like a big deal and it needs to be on shelves. Totally. And so they will order a stock and then they will make that stock available to outlets. You'll never but, not be able to find one. Any bookstore, any yes. you know, comic shop, it's always there. Yeah, but when you need more, you need to print more. And uh, so instead of having to go through the process of waiting for printing and ordering more prints and worrying about paper uh, shortages or ink, you know, cost increases, you could just have a stock in the warehouse of books. We printed this much and it's all there waiting to be distributed. Marvel doesn't do that. Marvel prints yeah. to order or they do as much as they close as, as razor thin to the order as possible so that they can they don't have like unsold stock in the warehouse it's just it's just a a miserly way to look at it i don't want to imagine a warehouse of books that aren't being sold like i only want to sell what we have and that's it which is why marvel trade paperbacks which should be like ten dollars sell for 40 50 because they go out of print so I, I, I was looking at a copy of the gauntlet from dan slot spider which isn't even that long ago i think it was like 300 fucking dollars for a collected edition and i'm like eat my whole ass i am not exactly i'll go to the back issues just grab it for a dollar a piece are you kidding yeah. me so yeah no i think that uh that is one significant benefit that we may see as long as we get a ceo who actually knows how to run the Gives company if they are going to have one yeah, uh, it would be great if they got like a former publisher of anything to come in. Uh, Tick Noros, this might sound dumb, but because the comic book industry is so insular, wouldn't they just hire in? Won't they just hire in house, which are the same people that are causing the problems at Marvel? Thanks again for great content. Thanks, Tick. I don't think so because I don't really think that Disney is the problem at no. Marvel. I don't think that Marvel has necessarily had a significant problem outside of really tone deaf belief systems and antiquated publishing approaches or 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 just just left field off of the top of your dome yeah. out of pocket ideas about what uh what how to run publishing yeah it's um, it's the publishing stuff that always gets me where it's like come on you guys could do this way better why are you guys stuck in well stuck in the 90s right like hell the 90s they overprinted they produced like there were books for everybody and they were a th- and there were a million of them apiece i i i don't know what they're going to do with uh with the publisher 
I know that Disney has no interest in ge- in getting in the publishing business. No. So, and that's the only reason why I'm so concerned is because mm. I know that neither Warner Brothers or whatever the company owns them today. Uh, Did did and, they partner with uh with Penguin Books not that yes. long ago? Wasn't that a whole big thing too that we expected would end up making Marvel? huge waves and huge changes, and then nothing really happened from it. We got a bunch of really really good looking Penguin reprints of classic Marvel stories: Black well, Panther, Captain good. America, Spider Man, and they're available at comic shops and in bookstores, and they look great, but they look like Penguin books. They don't look like mm. comic books. Um, Ray Far, my first memory of Ike was in the early 2010s when the Inhumans push began. And <laughs> Ike made me hate the Inhumans. <laughs> Thanks, Ike. Yeah, the Inhumans made me hate the Inhumans. And now they're dead. That's right. That's right. Uh, Barry Busan says, after Jeremy Adams was canned from his incredible flash run and news that Daredevil is ending in August, I was running out of reasons to keep up with the big two. This gives me hope for the future. Well, good. I'm glad that that could help. It's not going to affect either of those things but i will tell you that um cyspury are writing flash sounds insane it's gonna and get it's me fucking interested worth reading and daredevil they already announced the creative team for daredevil and i think it's or have they i thought i remember hearing that like there's we we know what the creative team for daredevil is but, I, I don't do who, who, who did you hear it was <laughs> i don't recall i just remember that it was a thing like i remember seeing a list uh but Maybe that's out of uh, school. So I will just say that uh, Daredevil will continue. and Because um, it always does. And just follow Zdarsky. He'll be fine. Like, he'll, and, and, he won't be just right. And also remember, too, that Daredevil has had one of the greatest successions of writers of any <laughs> comic book character ever. The that's best true. Miller years. The best Bendis years. Yeah. Uh, Charles Soule had a good one, which I feel kind of got erased from time now because the Zdarsky run blew up everything around it. But even that was good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wade Nascenti. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Two Wade. You got two Wade run. <laughs> that's true. That's true. The Samney run. Um, oh, yeah. Dirk Pectus, uh, when I first saw the first Riddler episode of Batman the Animated Series, I felt bad for that video game CEO he terrorized. <laughs> now looking back at Ike and Alonzo, I'm rooting for Roddy. <laughs> for Roddle. <laughs> yeah, for, really. uh, for Riddler. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, don't feel bad for him. though geez you know if you're not if you're so smart why aren't you rich boy that episode sure is really applicable to modern times in a great way isn't it It really is uh glass man big thanks to you guys for recommending jed mckay's moon knight run i'm having a blast here's my lunch money thank you glass man hopefully you have more for lunch today uh moon yeah that that has been consistently excellent and i'm so glad i fell off but i loved it when i did and he's taking over avengers next isn't he mckay he has taken over avengers and he's got the new doctor strange run jed mckay is the new golden boy at marvel he sure seems to be having a big uh, big year, which I'm happy for him because he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, I've never met him, but I'm looking forward to it. Nikki T, Ike was like a tumor taken over <laughs> and never giving, and it's like someone finally noticed and took any excuse to get the tumor growth off their neck. I mean, maybe. I, I, I definitely agree with you in terms of the, the metaphor. I wonder if they treated it as seriously as we did. Like, we all recognize it as a tumor. I think this is more like a bad doctor uh, has been diagnosing him for too long, and finally we got a second effing opinion. Um, Noros, this is probably dumb, but do you think the 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 outlive them mindset comes because the industry is so insular and it's hard to, for new and passionate people to break through and affect change? No, it doesn't, uh, <laughs> it doesn't help. It certainly doesn't help. But I I genuinely feel like um, the, the the you know the comic book industry is small. And it is insulated, but and often a lot incestuous. of <laughs> that's very true. But a lot of new, uh, I, I see a lot of new names every year, and I, I, I think that um, you getting new creatives and getting new talent doesn't mean you're going to see any significant or you know worthwhile change in the industry. Um, I, I, I marketing promotions publishing editing it's a piece with many heads it's it's got a lot of problems and I, I don't i i i yeah i don't necessarily i'm not convinced that that that's the that that's the case it, it reminds me too why i probably never would make it in the comic industry because i'm a very well let the work speak for itself kind of mm-hmm. guy when it's like no no there's like a hundred other things you do great work is often ignored and overlooked especially in comic books when you can get canceled right away and people be like man that book was really good i would have liked to have seen uh, where they were going with that <laughs> yeah now there needs to be like that's a whole other topic uh, Scarlet Hottie will always be curious as to what an Igerless free of the creative community mm-hmm. phase two would have looked like. Guardians two seems like the first one made completely after the entertainment studio split. Mm. Agreed. Uh, yeah, man, I would have loved to have seen it, but I also, uh, I, I, okay. On one hand, I am thrilled that he's gone. On the other, I am sad 
by the change after the split because it dissolved the the comic book brain trust mm. and it, uh, it, it i think it, it further emboldened disney to be like we're just as creative as the books that exist and we don't need necessarily to rely on them like you saw a a, a clearer divide from the canon and the concepts of the comics and what the people who are making these movies just decide to do there is a lot more of we make it up as we go along there it's funny too i'm sure you saw there for a what if season two it was a big deal they're like oh we're introducing our first ever original mcu hero and uh, yes. she's gonna be a member of the mohawk tribe she's gonna have uh, cosmic cube powers and i'm like oh that's cool and then i'm also like man i'm surprised it took them this long to do it then i'm like man is this going to be a thing going forward where they're like, yeah, the MCU, we're so popular now, we don't even really need the comics anymore. We're just kind of our own thing now. Yeah, no, they're definitely going to start, um, you know, they're going to fancy themselves creative and they're going to start It feels like there. testing the waters is what it is. And you could even argue that a lot of Marvel publishing over the last couple bit, it's like, oh, that was a fun, interesting book. Uh, oh, you that was that was market research. You were we were paying you for market research to see what would be really big in a movie or what would be really big in a TV show. Now with this thing, it's like, oh, or is this a future where you guys don't even feel like you need comics to do your market research for you? Yeah, I, I hope that's not the case, but Same. that's that's something that's worth it's worth discussing and being concerned about it, even if it is baseless, because it it forces you and them to be honest. And to be like, hey, you're not going to screw us, right? Yeah. Like, no, Jim, we're, we're a big Hollywood company. Why would we do that? Why would we do that? Just because we do it every day. And that's literally <laughs> our language. Jam call X. I'll give him this. The, he Ike emigrated from Israel with only $250 to his name, self-taught and had an icon, ironic knack for finding worth in overlooked potential value. Sadly, his character never grew as much as his wealth. Yeah, this no, I, I, I do remember that story. And, uh, yeah, that's 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 what I'll give him. Yeah, that, that he's also American a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, and a dickhead. Uh, Eduardo Perez Rubio didn't know about the paperclips. He feels like the phrase "cow can this get any worse?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, and I should caution everybody. You know, as much as we're dedicating an entire episode to this guy and him being fired and him being like this boogeyman, he isn't a boogeyman and he isn't going all the problems at Marvel aren't going to go away. No. And uh, we might not even notice any significant change because Marvel plans their books like a year or two out. Yeah. So you're not going to see a lot of like immediate change, but I would like to see some changes at the company, at the employee level. I'd like to see like, I'd like to see some significant, at least some theatrical change to try and make them make Marvel uh, gain a little bit more respect. And it certainly from... feels like they're going for theatrical change with these big, very public shakeups. Oh, that's true. That's true. Although, uh, you know, the promoter thing, like I didn't, it, it, you know what? I saw a lot of headlines that said that. So I think, yeah, that was very public. Uh, Andrew Gixon or Gilkinson, Gilkison. Perlmutter would likely still be here today if he hadn't tried to fire Feige during Phase 3 and got out on Bob Iger's bad side. Absolutely. Now, if he didn't try and go over Iger's head or – but I'm telling you, man, this one this one uh, bringing in his friend trying onto the board. Trying to hire his friend, man. Trying to hire his friend and trying to get like – trying to build – trying to build like a base. Yeah, trying to control the board. It's It's all very succession, which just came back recently. Yeah. That is, I think that is exactly what got him fired. Uh, YC Goosey. Uh, speaking of books gone too soon, did you ever read the the Prez 2015 reboot? Only got six yeah. of 12 issues, but each one was so impactful. No, Yeah, I did. I was a fucking massive Prez. It's what made me a Mark Russell fan. It's what made uh, me, because that was his first thing with the DCU, which people make fun of DCU now, but that was one of the best things that came out about. We're like, we're going to roll the dice on a fucking new modern Prez book. And yeah, it was great. And never got to finish Gauntus. I think they got one last issue in like a Catwoman election night special where I'm yeah. like, oh God, this is where I, this is where it ended, huh? This is where it all went. Oh, yeah. Huh? But Russell's doing fine, though. Again, people people saw that book for what it was. and He's got lots of work now. That's good. That's good. Um, so now we're looking at the uh, down the barrel of the future and we're like, OK, what changes, if any, are we going to see from Marvel Comics with the loss of Perlmutter, but more specifically with the other part of the sentence? It's not just like Perlmutter's fired. Moving on. 
No, Perlmutter it's... is gone, and now apparently this is all going to be under the purview of some other department. We don't know what. Yes, like especially when we hear uh, the word redundant being used to describe oh, Marvel I don't like Entertainment. That. I don't, I don't like, like the sound of that either. And seeing it uh, being folded into other things, uh, I should point out, by the way, that my, uh, my my point earlier about saying that Marvel Entertainment, uh, they changed the name into Marvel Enterprises, not Entertainment, yes. back when they folded it from uh, to- Toy Biz. But yeah, seeing Marvel being integrated into other other departments, like not one department, multiple departments. Departments. Now, <laughs> and uh, when I say Marvel Entertainment, I don't mean necessarily just the comics. And I'm sure that they don't care. I'm sure they're talking more specifically about the merchandising. Yeah, it's about the merchandising arm, which is fine. The sweetest uh, plum merchandise. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I'm fine with that. Like, if you want to make, you know, if you want Disney to be in charge of your merchandising from now on, knock yourselves out. They make pretty uh, good merch. Yeah, they make pretty good merch, and they have and and they and they have merch everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's not going to limit it. It's only going to expand it. Uh, I hope it doesn't make it worse. Uh, but I don't. I don't really buy a lot of Marvel mer- merch as it is. Um, my I only have, hope I have is too that, much. I have no place to put it all. <laughs> that's true. I, I only hope that it doesn't, uh, you know, uh, the fact is Disney says yes to everything. So I imagine that like, it's not going to change anything for the collectibles market for statues no. and posters and toys. So I wouldn't see that really being any significant change. If all, if anything, it's just, you're going to see it. It's going to be more ubiquitous. Like anywhere yeah. you see an Elsa, you're going to see a Spider-Man every day where you see, you know, like a backpack it's or, or, uh, or a pencil top. Or it's going to be. Let's put Black Panther on it. Yeah, it's going to be Black Panther. It's going to be everything. Which I'm fine um, with that. Which is fine by me. I, it doesn't doesn't diminish anything so long as they also recognize the value of the publishing arm and the comic books. I wonder. Uh, so, the the biggest and most uh, noticeable change we will see going forward is the closing of the studio in New York City. Mm, which is kind of sad because Marvel is so ubiquitous with New York and everything. I know uh, whenever any of those offices close, it's always very sad because it's like, oh, you know, we lost something we can't replace. Yeah, I don't. By the way, there's no announcement. There's no decision. I'm just saying I would not be the least bit surprised if they closed the Marvel Comics offices in New York City because it's the only thing that is over here (laughs) that, that they own. And I could definitely see them being like Marvel Comics, Marvel Entertainment in New York City is closed. We're moving everything into the onto the Disney lot. All in Burbank. All in Burbank. And, you know, the comics will be here. Uh, you know, like Sabolsky has to move here. Uh, you know, like Tom Brevoort has to move here. Who knows? Uh, I, 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 Which might suck for them. <laughs> yeah. Or they can leave and we'll replace you with mm. no one because we don't <laughs> need you. And... <laughs> We don't understand how the industry works uh, because there's that's the, that is a big issue that I've seen with both DC and Marvel and their and their and their overlords is their complete lack of understanding about how the publishing industry or comic book industry works. Yeah, you, you um, can go along with it or you can leave. Exactly. And we'll replace you with someone who has no idea how this company works. <laughs> uh, so I, I think you're going to see the closing of the offices within the year. Interesting. Okay, let's put a let's put a pin in that, everyone. If Sal's right, we all owe him a Coke. That's fair. Yes. Uh, Ray Farr, uh, hope we get more stock. Prices are crazy. I don't know if they will, because this is a saving money initiative. Mm. Why are the big two not like, run like book publishers? That's a fantastic question. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't have a good answer. I I wish I could shake someone and ask them why. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I did too. Hell, I wish that the heads of these companies, like whenever they bring in like a president or CEO or COO or, you know, chief executive officer or, you know, um, an editor in chief, I wish they'd come from Penguin, Random Mm -hmm. House or some effing publishing place. (laughs) Have you made money selling printed words before? Cool. Can you help us sell our printed words with pictures? I'll take Time Magazine, uh, Newsweek, just anybody who knows how to sell a publication or periodical to the masters. That, that would be a nice change. That would be the first time I'd ever heard of that. Uh, and my um, pal Jimmy makes a zine. <laughs> okay, you're hired. Sure, uh, you make a zine. You know more than I do. Exactly. Uh, I don't know, man. It's But yeah, I, as far as like folding it in Disney, there's been no discussion of the comics. And there's been, what's interesting is, you know, I remember when DC was speculated on the same thing. Of mm-hmm. course, they also had like, a very vocal 
minority of people online who are like really really loud about like dc closing and seemingly had like a vested interest in seeing dc close for some reason yeah i Um, know i don't get that either this weird sort of online nihilism and cynicism i think it comes from a a place of i don't really read the comics and so i don't care if like they're destroyed or not no 100 i I don't value art i don't value creativity i just want to see nerds sad because i never grew out of my swirly phase there you go uh i wonder if um I, I haven't seen any opposition. I haven't seen anybody speculating about Mar- like Marvel comics to close. I haven't seen any of those. I, I think they're at their too big to fail phase right now. It's like, no, they're never going away. No, but the comic book arm, like I could definitely it, 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 with Marvel, my cynical nature says Marvel studios creating new characters mm. and folding the comics and entertainment arm into Disney is the beginning of the end for the publisher because they're like we don't need you we don't even want to make books <laughs> i mean we, we, we're licensing all of our characters to freaking dynamite we don't know so i mean like i could definitely see them going like yeah no um no 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 no. marvel comics will never close and then they do but i don't think they're going to but i, mean, I we mean, all thought like, mad magazine was you know a cultural institution that would never go away until they did and then i think they kind of came back but they're not like as big as they used to be yeah i i i don't know honestly um but i I, my point is just like hey don't don't assume it's all gonna be fine but also don't assume that it's going to fall apart but we need to like just again like keeping people honest and keeping the conversation going like hey i'd like a official word please and thank you because you know, uh, also our, our livelihood is kind of wrapped up in this yours and mine you know, we, that's we, true we form a symbiote circle comic publishing and yeah. ask what happens to one will surely affect the other this is true but also i love comics and i don't want to i, I want to keep reading them likewise and i don't want to read them in a different way i don't want it to all reboot or it's for them to be in zines that i only get at the, the, the grocery checkout aisle uh, you know i mean I, I i want my comic books to be the way they are sonic amazing spider-man <laughs> right or no just like marvel street and it's just like here's six pages of spider but that is what we tiffany and i talked about this like the shonen jump model for mm. marvel comics i i i think that's a fine idea for reprints and to get the books into the hands of children but it's all black and white now and made on way cheaper paper yeah great and we're driving our creatives into the ground further by making them work around the clock so these things can come out once a week um i i don't know but uh uh, Girk Pectus says, sorry off topic, but did you see Babylon? It's fun trash. No. I, but what movie? I, it's a movie, right? Babylon? Yeah, it's a movie with a, with a, a Brad Pitt, I think. I, I heard King about it. it. I heard it sucks. Oh, oh, really? Did Tom King work on it? No, he saw it. Oh, he saw it. Okay. I thought, oh, did he? I'm like, oh, now I might have to check it out. No, and he was on the show. He was like, I saw Babylon. It's garbage. <laughs> uh, Grumpy Goat says, darkest timeline. If when they close the New York City office, will we see a shift in the comics where stories set in New York City less and less as the years go on? Uh, I mean, like, maybe. I think that those are, mo- I think that the reason why those stories were set in New York City in the beginning is because A, they were there, but also mm. because B, they were written by the same people and those people were in the office and lived in the city. Um, as the uh, creative pool widens and as we get more and more variety from our creatives, they're going to want to tell stories in their backyard. Yeah. And so we are go- we, if we haven't already seen it, we are do- definitely going to see it in the next couple of years. The ever-widening uh, world of Marvel. And uh, that doesn't really much different from anything else. I mean, I remember when they closed the Avengers and moved them to the West Coast and that mm. was the Avengers for a long time and so like you know or when they were in even new york they were in a they were in a hydro base underwater like you know uh i mean they're arctic now for christ's sake i mean daredevil's in new york right now that's true yeah he's on some weird island off the coast of russia exactly they'll be back though they do say in the last issue it's like come on man you're not you're not a globe trotting here like you're gonna be buried under this burrow one day come on man yeah I, i i hope that uh i hope it's not true like i hope that they don't because i do love that Marvel is in my backyard. Uh, it's quintessentially uh, New York. Exactly. Silvery Cricket, weird this happened in the same week Disney just got legally allowed to start their own microgovernment in Florida. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that weird. I, I think that's more of a coincidence, but... Uh, it is funny, though. 
it is funny to to, to observe. I, uh, I mean, they were also always their own micro state anyway. The sovereign they already state were exactly. Uh, Brian Lewis, ninety seven. Thank you very much for your generosity, my hey. friend. Uh, I'm always learning something new from this show and everything you guys do. Best wishes to everyone. Best wishes Aww, to you, Brian. Thank, you, thank you very much for being here and uh, really appreciate your generosity. Thank you very much, my friend. Um, so yeah, uh, as far as that is concerned, I mean, like. Do you have any theories or speculations or, or, or hopes for this shakeup? I mean, as is always the case when there's a big shakeup like this, people always assume that you're going to see the fallout and you're going to see the ramifications of it right away. No, you're not. These are very <laughs> th- th- these are slow butterfly effects. We'll probably have to relitigate this conversation maybe in like two to three years once the wheels finally start moving. Personally, I don't think it's going to change all that much because, I mean, like we said before, Perlmutter didn't have much power or much sway to begin with. What really we need to keep an eye on is whatever department comic publishing now falls under and whoever's job that is. Yeah. I mean, uh, as it stands, Dan Buckley is president of Marvel Entertainment and Mm. he is in charge of the comics and the TV and stuff like that. So, I mean... Everything that has been going through there has been essentially going through the Buckley filter. Mm. Perlmutter could always like pull rank, so to speak, yeah. and, and had in, in, in uh, his time. I have to wonder, too, do you think he ever like did he like go down to the office to like rattle cages or do you think he just had a guy who did it for him? I feel like uh, Perlmutter is the kind of guy who literally went there. I think he took a pri- <laughs> if he didn't live in New York, I don't remember where he lived, but like, Florida. you know. Florida, there you go. Oh, yeah. Because they all took up Florida because of the tax laws. Oh, yeah. No, he took a private jet to New York City whenever he wanted to, like, feel powerful and rattle some cages. And he definitely did. There's no question in my mind that he would take a private jet, go down into Marvel Comics, like, just in a in, in a $1,000 suit, a $10,000 suit, ride the elevator with a stern look on his face, practice his mean face and the reflections, <laughs> and then just walk up and down the aisles and go, like, what's this? And people go, who, who is that? Have like, some poor receptionist this? be like, uh, Mr. Buckley, uh, Perlmutter's here. What do you mean he's here? I mean, he's here. He's standing in the office right now. Uh, he's already in the office. Like I, I, he wouldn't wait. He's just, he's just <laughs> walking through the, the the aisles, like tearing through garbage cans, <laughs> like Godzilla walking down Tokyo. Exactly. I, I mean, that would not surprise me in the least. From what the, uh, from the stories I've heard, that strikes me as that kind of guy. Seems about right. Pro butters smash. Like you never know when, like, some really tan jerk is going to come ripping through the office and tell you you're doing your job wrong, and then you'll never see him again. Hmm. I yeah it sucks but I'm glad he's gone and uh, good riddance to him I was gonna say sir this is a Wendy sir this is a comic publisher what do you want exactly sir this is Marvel Comics what are you doing <laughs> he goes in the in the in the office like, why is there a new thing of coffee here there's an old one in the in the in the cabinet right here like <laughs> yeah, really? what are you my mother <laughs> yeah. so yeah I uh, I I, genu- I genuinely think that uh, things hopefully will i mean without roadblocks you can always go faster yeah i wonder if the integration of marvel entertainment into a nebulous decision like a nebulous description like uh various portions of disney Mm. what does that mean i would like to know i do think that the the entire comic book industry like i i'm convinced i'm now more convinced than ever that the entire comic book industry will not resemble what it was in five years. And I mean, such as life, things are always changing and evolving. I mean, how we never thought DC would shake up the way that it ended up shaking up. Yeah, no, it's true. But even like at the end of the day, D- DC still produces comic books. Mm-hmm. They still are available in comic book stores. They still do the monthly market. They still play the game. It's still an interconnected universe. They still uh, do shakeups and have, and then they continued the black label line. Like they're still mm-hmm. innovating. Uh, they're still like, you get, you know, soliciting new talent. Like they're still operating like a comic book publisher. I, I don't know if, if Marvel changes, if, if Marvel makes the first move into being, a specialty niche mm. market you know thing if, if marvel changes the way they do business as a comic book publisher or gets out of it yeah i see the entire industry completely changing as a result 
Well, yeah, I mean, and you would hope that whoever is in charge of that will at least understand that or have someone tell them that where it's like, no, DC and Marvel are the pillars on which an entire industry and many <laughs> sub-industries are built. You you cannot Jenga one out of there without destroying an entire industry. I mean, the problem that I have with that is that, like, I know these people couldn't care less about that. No, they'll be like, and how much money does that industry make? You call that money? One billion dollars. All of them? Oh, that's, that's cute. One billion. Yeah, I think that's, that's a lot of money. Oh, yeah, that's half of what Avatar made last year. I wipe my ass with a billion. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Pop Culture Guy 3000 says, I hope soon either the X-Men and humans are both kill a new bad guy that looks suspicious like Perlmutter in the near future. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I mean, you know, they they seem pretty pretty petty. I, I wouldn't be surprised. If they well, you know, there is going to be a mysterious new Captain Krakoa mm-hmm. who's going around causing trouble in Uncanny Avengers. Maybe it's him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was me that would be ironic uh but listen we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us and indulging us as we uh, speculate about the uh, sacking of a what 75 year old man yeah uh, we will he, uh, he'll be fine he'll have his big house and his rocket car and his gold turlet yeah exactly uh but listen uh, if you wanted to catch the show live you can always do so by subscribing to the channel and clicking the bell for notifications so you know when we're going live it's usually for wednesday or Wednesdays, Fridays at uh, around between 12 and 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We will uh, see you guys next time with a whole new episode. Check out Joel at youtube.com slash Cape Joel. And uh, of course, subscribe to everything else that we have here under the Compop umbrella, which includes Comic Pop Prime, Returns, and Plays. We'll see you guys then. I'm Sal. Joel. I'm Joel. Thank you. See you later, everybody. Bye.